welcome back, or welcome if you're new to this week's episode of Morning Cup of Controversy. I am Ryan, your host, and I just wanted to start off by saying I really appreciate all the support on the podcast itself, Um, but not only that, but outside of the podcast on social media, um, everybody who's been um, helping me or offering to help me with not only the imagery that comes with uh, Morning Cup of Controversy, um, thanks to a good friend of mine for the... uh, I'm already stumbling with the ums. Let's go. Come on, Ryan. Thanks to a good friend of mine for the cover art. But uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate all your uh, love and, and support on social media and everything like that. So it's been really great so far. So this week we're going to talk about the school system. But first I want to get into our question of the week. Last week we talked about um, what's worth fighting for. Um, we had a couple responses in the community post. I didn't write any of them down, um, but I did see one that was talking about family. Um, a lot of people obviously are really close with their family. Some aren't as close. So the people who aren't as close to their family, I feel like they kind of make a family out of the people around you. You know, the people that are actually given to you when family isn't, you know, I feel like a lot of people who don't have a really good, like, family support system have made some type of family outside, you know, in their friend group or work settings or things like that, um, which is really nice and comforting for those people, I'm sure. I'm very lucky to have all four of my grandparents still and both my parents, you know, they're, they're still married and all that, so I've had some pretty good role models for like a picture perfect family, I guess you would say. Obviously, every family has some flaws and every family has drama but you know I chose that um, what's worth fighting for for me personally is my opinion and um, just myself I you know fight for myself fight for my own place in the world you know and we talked a lot about um, abortion last week that was the topic of the week so we were obviously talking a lot about you know human rights and I thought this would be a good question for that last week what's worth fighting for because a lot of people are fighting for their abortion rights right now or just basic human rights so I thought it would be a good time to bring that question up so I'm glad I had a couple comments in the community post and some on Instagram as well um, so that was nice so today I wanted to ask the question what have you wanted the most that you always say no to what have you wanted the most that you always say no to That's actually a good one. I didn't prepare myself with an answer for this one. I guess I just kind of thought I would think of something before I got to this point in life. (laughs) But let's see. What's something you wanted the most that you always say no to? I don't know. I feel like a good answer for that for me personally, since I don't have anything super deep, is just like random little things that I see at the store that, (laughs) you know, like when I go to Target I was just talking to one of my other friends the other day. She said that she went into Target and didn't buy anything and actually just walked around and um, cashed the check or whatever she went there to actually do. She didn't actually buy anything. And I said it takes a lot of willpower to not buy anything when you go to Target, especially when you walk around the whole store. So I don't know. I guess it's just like little things. I don't really treat myself very much to things, more just like tattoos. 
so maybe I should treat myself to something that I'll keep for a while, you know? I mean, I feel like I look at it like a tattoo, I'm always going to have it, so if I spend my money on it, it's not, it's going to be a waste, because it's always going to be right here with me, you know? But, I don't know, I feel like there's just certain things that I say no to, and maybe I should just step out of my comfort zone a little bit, who knows, but... What do you guys think? Let me know down below um, if you're listening on Spotify what you think. I learned that if you just swipe below the podcast, then you'll be able to see the community post and then you can actually leave your answer. And I believe I said it in the first podcast, but if you want to leave an answer, just know that nobody else will see your comments other than me unless I pin it. If you want me to share it to make it public, then I can. All you have to do is you know, leave a little message in there saying, go, you know, you have full rights to make this public or whatever, and then I'll pin it so other people can see, you know, that people are commenting and giving their opinions or whatever, but it's truly up to you. I would never want to, um, you know, put somebody on blast, um, which actually kind of leads me into the um, topic of the week, which is the school systems. And the reason that leads me into it is because I had quite a few people send in some quotes, um, some things, some experiences that they had in school. And that's kind of where I wanted to start this episode off. Um, It's just a couple experiences that some friends around the country have had. So these aren't just people who I know or I went to school with. These are people who I've met on the Internet. Um, There's only a couple quotes, but... Um, I don't want you guys to like try to make assumptions or anything about you know who it is. Most of these people don't even live here. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people that I know live in other states. So Um, this information is coming from examples of different states, you know, Um, and that that (laughs) makes me want to start off with this one. Um, And I'm just going to be reading these direct quotes that I took. Um, Some of them are kind of you know, I changed the words up a little bit just to make it a little better to go into the podcast, but here we go. We'll start off with this one. I never learned fractions at my first elementary school. This person was telling me that they transferred around a lot, but they said whenever I transferred, um, all the other fifth graders knew fractions and I didn't. My fifth grade teacher was a bitch and I grew up not being able to comprehend math properly. Um, So that's obviously going to be something that people struggle with later on. Um, When Sharon comes on, we're going to talk about why it's important to know basic math and why that is not, why it's, first of all, why it's important to know that stuff. And second of all, why that's not just enough for, you know, being an adult in the real world. So that's something that I thought was pretty important to share that, you know, not all the schools are on the same page, but I feel like if a kid comes to you and says, I haven't learned this before, as a teacher, you should open your arms and accept that and help them to learn, help them to get on the same page as everybody else rather than just letting them suffer and fall behind, you know, I think that's just really messed up, but obviously this person made it out, I know them, they're very intelligent human being and a beautiful human being, so I think that they made a very, very good person out of themselves, (laughs) whether they know how to do math or not, but Moving on, um, we have another one from somebody different that says, I was an A-plus student through high school and college because of how I viewed grades. I had to drop out this year for my mental health, never going back. Not getting an A on something would destroy me. I think this is something that the schools 
Like obviously they implement like the A B honor roll or the A honor roll and stuff like that, and people's people's parents might sh- have, you know, it. I you guys know this by the at this point y'all have to know that I stumble on words, but people's parents might push them to want to be on that A B honor roll or you know the perfect attendance and stuff like that, and so the kids grow up feeling this pressure that oh if I don't get all A's then I'm getting, you know, what am I, who am I, blah, blah, blah. And that's why this person feels the way they do. And I think that's really, really rough. It's a really rough way to grow up. I mean, obviously, they're probably a very smart person. They were A plus student, you know, so obviously they're very smart, but their mental health has to be struggling. And that's not okay for the school system to let that slide. You know, you can enforce them, like you can try to help somebody achieve the most that they can but the fact that they're making it seem like if you don't then you know who are you like why are you even (laughs) like what it's it's really fucked up I want to touch on um a little bit of bullying for a second because that was something that a lot of people commented on um that they got bullied and nobody did anything about it or you know the teachers would watch or the teachers would be the ones saying things to them and so that's why I wanted to bring this story in um, this one's a little bit longer, but I'm going to go ahead and read it to you guys. It says, I got bullied so bad. After I couldn't take it, I brought the issue up to my coach because my team, even my team bullied me. I would get written off. My spot on the team was threatened if things didn't stop, quote. Um, I was reaching out for help, but I ended up dropping out because it got so bad. Girls would tell lies to get me in trouble. Um, and that was just a little part of the story. I didn't want to say too much to kind of, you know, to give away anything about this person, but it's, it's, that's another thing too. It's the bullying and then the sports, um, coaches will pick favorites. I actually dealt with this a little bit, um, in wrestling and it's definitely, it's definitely not fun. You know, it's not fun to get, to like want to try to make somebody proud of you or you know try to achieve these standards and then for them to not even help or push you to get to that standard you know just leaving you in a place where you can where you'll just kind of sit and you just have to kind of be there's nothing that you can do to grow at that point if nobody's going to help push you you know to be the best you can be and the bullying thing is just really frustrating because there's trigger warning I will put a disclaimer at the beginning at the beginning but the number of suicide you know I don't have any statistics about that because I didn't really want to touch too much on the whole bullying thing I just wanted to talk about it a little bit um but it's just the suicide rates of kids that get bullied in school the cyber bullying that's something that I dealt with really really bad growing up and um it was it was really bad in my time because that was whenever all the kids were first starting to get on all the different social medias that were growing at that time. And there was one um there was one website where yeah, I think it was called Ask FM. And if you're around my age or you know, you're you know you know me, then you, you probably were in that school or you know, you know the the website. It was pretty popular at that time for our age but I would get people saying things on there that were so horrible and it was just that was where my um, 
insecurity kind of started. That's where it grew from because whether I knew who was saying it or not, I convinced myself in my head that I knew who was saying it. And I just started to resent those people, you know. I hated the people who they were. And, like, still part of me to this day feels some type of way about the people who bullied me in middle school and the people who bullied me growing up through high school. And even to this day, you know, obviously everybody has haters. But, you know, it's just not something that anybody should have to go through. Um, Then... These next couple quotes bring me to um, the next topic I wanted to touch on. The first one says, three different sports coaches had sex with students. At my school, I can say personally, I know that at least one or two did, a female and a male. And that, I I don't know, it was crazy to me. It was crazy. Like, one uh, coach got fired because he had sex with somebody at the school like what in the oh my gosh like what in the pedophilia do you have like I don't understand why how what like I don't know I guess it's one thing to like find your teacher attractive but for the teacher to ew like ew (laughs) I just can't even I can't even like I I've I've definitely found a teacher attractive before. Like that's not anything new, but to actually have sex with them at school, like oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. I really can't. It's just sending me. So there's that. That was just a little, a little bitty topic that I wanted to touch on. But the next one says, um, the second day of eighth grade, my assistant principal touched my chest to check if my shirt showed too much cleavage that is just that's just ridiculous let me just say that so um now I want to move on to dress code with that topic um and I actually did a little bit of research on dress code because I wanted to kind of understand where it came from first of all and second of all um what effects it's having on mental health Um, And so the first dress code law was established after the case of Tinker versus Des Moines. And it was to ensure a lack of distraction and to allow administrators to monitor and limit students' individualism. I don't know if that second little quote was actually listed in the case, like in the case file or whatever. But that's what this website says, and it was like a direct quote from the Tinker versus Des Moines. So I don't know. Maybe that was just one of the one of the um, lawyers or something said that, or the DA, whatever the whatever the heck people were in that case. But um, a lot of protests from students and parents have uh, started to take a more have made schools start to take a more lenient approach to um, dress code which is nice, you know, I remember when I was in high school still, dress code was dress code, it was the same thing it always was growing up, but I have three little sisters, and by the time my youngest sister was graduating high school this year, or last year, the dress code had changed a little bit, you know, they were allowed to wear hats to school, I'm pretty sure they were allowed to wear, um, like, shorts, even if they weren't past the fingertip or whatever, you know, and so that was just, they're starting to kind of be a little bit more lenient with it but I think it's only certain places it's not really like everybody's doing it it's just some schools 
have been facing so much protest that they're like, whatever, you know, we'll give you guys some leniency now. But it's many young girls struggle with feeling sexualized by the authority figures at that point, um, because uh, like that last quote that I read said when she was in eighth grade, they asked her like he touched the chest to see if there was too much cleavage like what how does that even sound appropriate I definitely had a couple of male teachers make comments about um my chest when I was in middle school and I remember in high school I never wore anything that showed cleavage because I just didn't want that attention you know and it's not that women or even young girls dress that way for attention it's just individualism it's personality expressing yourself and your teenage years is when you are learning how to do that the most you're actually experimenting with your style and trying to figure out who you are and the things are changing in your body and all that blah 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 and so the fact that girls have to go to school worried about whether or not their male teacher is going to check them out like look at their butt because they're wearing tight shorts or if the boy behind her is going to get distracted by her shoulders hanging out like it's just so ridiculous Dress codes can contribute to mental health issues and limit self-expression, freedom, especially important to students wanting to express or explore their gender identity. And that's another thing that I saw, that some schools are enforcing um, gender identity. So basically, if you are biologically, and I say that with quotes around it, a male or a female, then you have to dress that way. And that is bullshit that is bullshit because this is a generation where transgender people are coming out younger and younger because they have the freedom to do so they have the comfortability to do so and the society that's accepting of them now back in the day they didn't have that and so I feel like the fact that schools are trying to say no you can't dress like that because you have a vagina like that's not okay you should let people be who they want. I feel like I don't understand what, why it's so hard to understand the idea that somebody could be transgender, you know, because it's a thing. I don't know. It's, it's a thing. It's been around forever. Even back when it wasn't okay to be transgender, it was still around, you know, so it's just evolved and society should be evolving with it and I don't know why the dress codes can evolve but to each their own so that's all I have to say about the dress code um if you guys have anything else that you want to add or um you know let me know I can start I'm still going to be posting things throughout the week about the school system just like I do after each episode I post a little bit about that episode throughout the week But um, if you guys have anything else, quotes that you want me to put up on Instagram or Twitter just to help people get get the memo, you know, then let me know. And I think now is about time to move on to my interview with my bestie, Sharon. Okay, and I am back with my guest, Sharon. This is my best friend. I've known her since sixth grade, so we definitely went through a lot of school together. I figured her having uh, the knowledge on money and taxes and finances and whatnot, this would be a perfect guest to be on a school system episode about things that we didn't learn. So, hello, Sharon. Hi, everybody. So good to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you. Um. All right, so... 
first things first. I wanted to talk about this first because I'm not too sure how important this is. Balancing a checkbook. My mom says that it's something that's like important to know just to know how to do it. But I haven't seen a checkbook like in anybody's hands in a long time. You know, I mean, I know that checks are still a thing, obviously. But how important is it? Do you think that we need to know how to balance a checkbook? Um, Honestly, I think that's something that it's it's not brought up a lot, but it's actually not as important, I think, as some people think. But in a way, it is. So there's two levels of thinking on this. So basically, the first level is that you can learn how to do it and then you know how to do it. And it's, you know, something that you can add to your knowledge or you can do something digital because we have technology and it's so advanced that you don't really need to know how to balance a checkbook these days. You can literally just like track your budget on your phone and do everything digitally. So that's kind of my view on that. Yeah. And that actually brings me into the next topic, which was setting up a budget. And since you said, you know, tracking your budget, I wanted to know how important you think it is for people our age, especially to have a budget and keep track of your money. I think anybody who is bringing in income should have a budget. And I I think it doesn't even matter like how old you are. But I think especially at our age, it's important to have a budget because it's important to know where your money is going. And if you don't like seriously look at it every month, then you really don't know. And it's cool to kind of like track it. Because you're going to see that there's some expenses that are reoccurring, like maybe you have rent, maybe you have like utilities and stuff like that. And that's just stuff that you know you're going to have to pay. But then you're going to see these other expenses, like maybe you go out to eat and you really want to track that and see month to month or even week to week how you're spending your money so that you can budget better for it. Okay, um, so I have a question on budgeting that I want to get back to in a second, but that brings me to another question that I have. Um, about you said on you know like groceries bills um, Mm -hmm. cleaning cooking all that stuff how do you think that people can adjust simple habits to be more saving or money cautious in general yeah so I think like budgeting obviously is the key to doing that but what else I think is important is kind of like planning and what I mean by that is you can budget and you can really plan for your groceries over time and if you see how much you spend what you can do is use that as a strategy to start spending less and figure out what you can cut out what you can afford to cut out and I think that's the best strategy for that what do you think is the easiest way to get started with a budget for somebody who's not as knowledgeable on what it means to keep a budget yeah I think this is such a great question um when I was younger I would just write it down. And I think that's the easiest way to get started because all it takes is you just a pencil and a paper and you literally just make a budget for yourself. You track your income um, and you can also strategize and figure out what your income is going to be in the coming times. And I think that that's really important as well because that can help you figure out, you know, what you can do in the future if you want to go on vacation and plan for stuff like that. Right. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about credit and managing credit cards. Um, Why wouldn't they teach us about credit in school? Yay, this one is so exciting. Um, You know, I think it's a good question um, why they don't teach us about credit. I think that they're just so focused on getting us ready for, like, brick-and-mortar college. But our generation has 
taken such a different stance on that and everybody is a lot more focused on kind of figuring out their lives a little bit sooner and um, part of that is understanding credit and I think that schools don't teach it because it's really just not their focus to I guess they don't think that they have the responsibility to teach it to us but I think in my opinion that they do have that responsibility because it's so it's so basic and like balance and checkbooks you know maybe that should be part of a curriculum in school we were talking on you know that earlier and I think that budgeting and credit and stuff like that it all needs to be tied into some type of curriculum and as you get older it should just progress but you should really start learning about this kind of stuff as you I mean in kindergarten not kindergarten but like (laughs) very young (laughs) very very young you should start learning about it yeah do you think that credit cards are the best way like I I that's a very like vague question like yeah. are credit cards the best way but like the best way to what <laughs> but I mean I guess to say like because my next topic that I wanted to talk about was renting like renting an apartment mm-hmm. okay. or you know getting a car there's certain things you can't do without having credit yeah it, and yeah, so for, sure. for the people who aren't very knowledgeable on it just take out a credit card you know do you think that it should be a little bit more of a process to get a credit card um yeah that's a really really good question I think that they make it like that on purpose for people to you know spend the money and then owe like accumulated interest on top of what they spent and then they end up owing sometimes more interest than what they originally spent and that's just kind of how it happens that's how they catch people but um I'll like actually share a tip with everybody that I think it's really, really important. If you have a credit card and you're going to go get your first credit card, you should try to get one that is interest free for like 12 months. If you can, if you can manage that, if you do that and then 12 months later, you've built, you know, a little bit of credit, then you can jump to having another card that has 12 months interest free. So at least, you know, you're only spending the money that you're actually spending and you're not having to pay the interest because that's what really catches people on credit card debt. Right. Yeah, that whole situation is very frustrating because, I mean, I just remember when I was trying to move out when I was younger. It's not really like a priority for me now, but like trying to move out into my own place and just be on my own mm-hmm. was a really big deal for me for some reason. And then you realize... Like, oh, shit, I can't, I literally cannot do this. Like, mm-hmm. I have I have to have some type of credit to even, first of all, get an apartment. But second of all, get half the appliances that you need for an apartment or a house, you know. It's just kind of frustrating. And I I don't know. Do you, do you have any idea why it's so hard to get certain things without credit? Yeah, actually, I do. I have... Basically, it's kind of like an equation. Actually, it's not an equation. It's kind of like a chart. And it is five factors that affect your credit. And this might seem kind of like overwhelming a little bit to everybody. But if you just hear me out on this, it makes a lot of sense. So 35% of your score is your payment history. That's basically like your the history of your payments. Like, are you making your payments on time? Or are you making late payments? That's very, very important to them. 30% of it is your amount owed, which basically means your debt. So if you owe money, the more you owe, 
the higher this is going to be affected, and it could be affected up to 30%. Then the next one that we go to is the length of the credit history. This one's pretty important because it takes a really long time to build um, that credit history. So 15% is all that is affected on that one. And then the other two are both 10%. So the first one is going to be new credit. So the more you apply for credit and such, there's going to be something called an inquiry that hits your report, and that can affect your credit score. Percent for the credit mix. What this means is we have two types of credit. So we have installments and we have revolving credit. Installments are things like mortgages and student loans, and then you have revolving, which is credit cards. So these are going to be things like you put the money on there and now you owe it. But with a mortgage, it's something like you put some money down and then you promise to pay the money over time. Same thing with a student loan, same thing with a vehicle loan. So I think that's why it's so difficult for people to understand credit because there's so many factors. And if you don't understand all five of those factors and kind of take them into consideration when you're doing whatever you're doing, then it can be really difficult. But it's important in order to get an apartment, in order to get a car. And I think starting with a credit card, it is probably one of the best ways just to start with your credit. And it's important to not spend the money if you don't actually have it. You should pay off that credit card to zero every month. Smart. Smart. Yes. See, but conversations like that make me wish I had taken some, had the opportunity to take some type of credit course in high school or something because I feel like if I had come out of high school knowing more about that it would have been easier for me Mm -hmm. to work on that credit journey and then not get into little hiccups later in life that kind of took me down a bad path with my credit you know what I mean for sure yeah and I mean credit is really difficult to understand in some ways but at the end of the day if you just kind of you know be logical about what you're doing with it and try not to you know try not to apply for a bunch of stuff at one time try to space that stuff out and such like that then you you know it will be really beneficial for you well i really appreciate all of your smart comments on (laughs) i that kind of sounded rude but no i really (laughs) i actually really do (laughs) i actually really do appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your insight with us um, there is a little fun fact, not very fun, but it's a little fact that I saw on a website while I was doing some research. It says, eating home-packed meals instead of dining out can save around $25 a week or 1300 per year. Just remember that, people. <laughs> Just remember that next time you want to get McDonald's for dinner or something, you know? Just look for something in your freaking kitchen. I'm sure you got <laughs> something you can cook up, you little lazy butt. But, Sharon, is there anything else you'd like to add before I get rid of you? Um, there's one thing I would like to add. You should file your taxes. That is a tip. Okay. okay. Everybody, everybody file your taxes. Everybody file your taxes on time. Especially if you know you're going to owe. Like, you should ha- You really, it's like not an option. You have to file on time. And if you're going to be doing a refund, then you have three years to file to claim the refund. Okay, that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, is there anywhere that anybody can find you outside of 
here? Any social yeah, media? I have, I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter. I don't really get on social media a whole lot, um, but I will try to be a little bit more active. Okay, well, I will tag your Twitter down in the comments of the of the caption in the video or whatever. That way, if people have any other questions or maybe they want to dig a little deeper into something that you said, they can find you on Twitter and send you a message. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to help anybody who has any questions. Alrighty, sounds good. Thank you so much, Sharon. Cool, yeah, thank you. It was great to be on here. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview with Sharon. It was really awesome to be able to sit down and talk to you guys with my best friend about some things that are really important to us and today's youth. So let's go ahead and get right into the quote of the week. Um, Don't remember what last week's was, but that's okay because I am not even supposed to bring it up. It's not even a thing that I do. So I don't know why I said that. All right, um, let's see. I wrote down this week, be proud of who you are and not ashamed of how someone else sees you. I liked that quote for this week because I feel like a lot of the times when we're in school, um, kind of like uh, the A honor roll student, the A plus student, um, be, be proud of who you are, not ashamed of how someone else sees you. Nobody is go- Nobody's looking at you I mean, people are looking at you, but don't worry about the people looking at you that are judging what you wear or that are judging what you do or that think that you're not doing good enough or that you're not trying hard enough because you are. You're doing everything you can do to make your life the best that it can be. And if you're not, then you're taking the little steps that you can, or at least I'm manifesting it for you right now by saying that you are. And I really want all of you guys to be proud of who you are don't be um don't be brought down by somebody's rules or dress code you know let's use dress code as people's judgment in the world we'll you know compare it to that don't let people tell you who to be you know you be you and you be proud of it and um don't worry about what other people think about you because at the end of the day you're the one that you're gonna have to live with for the rest of your life no matter who the person is that's judging you you know so with that, I'm going to leave it uh, at that. With that, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, cool. Great, Ryan. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Morning Cup of Controversy. If you haven't already, please go check me out on Instagram at Morning Cupcast and Twitter. And if you, for whatever reason, need to email me, find me at morningcupcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys very much and have a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.